Hello and welcome to Pelvic Floor at its Core, the only podcast out there that is brought to you by a women's health medical technology company. I am your host, Shravya Cavella, Pelvic Floor Physical Therapist and Business Development Manager at Flight by Pelvidol. We have a unique approach at Pelvidol. We believe our product, Flight, can provide life-changing outcomes, but we also know that no single treatment is right for everyone. We are therefore working hard to increase the collective knowledge out there about the importance of the pelvic floor. Because the more we work together, the more we can work towards increasing access to pelvic floor care so all women can truly live their best lives. On this podcast, I bring on pelvic health experts to talk about a variety of topics that any and every woman and clinician can relate to and learn from. It's always informative, always interesting, and we always have fun. So let's get into it. Hello, my pelvic floor enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode where we dive into a really important topic. What we're talking about today is so huge because not only can it be a physical journey of healing and recovering, but also it's absolutely an emotional one. And that topic is painful sex. Now, sex absolutely means something different to everyone, but what we mainly focus on today is people with vulvas and vaginal penetration. According to the American College of OBs and Gynecologists, as many as 75% of women will experience pain during sex at some point. And for some, pain is rare. It might happen just once, but for others, it is persistent and it can be debilitating. So there are a whole bunch of things that can contribute to painful sex, and we just can't cover them all in our little bite-sized episode. But we do cover a lot of them, and that is really thanks to our awesome guest. Our guest today is Dr. Lauren Troche. Lauren is a physical therapist with a practice in Washington, D.C., and she has had a particular passion for pelvic pain for a long time. She is a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, and although she was killing it in the clinic with the orthopedic side of things, she just felt like she was missing something, and that something that she was missing was the pelvic floor. Lauren is super active now in the physical therapy community as the lead of a local pelvic floor research journal club, as well as being the head of a pelvic floor physical therapy program at Innova Healthcare System, in addition to just running her own pelvic health and orthopedic clinic. Lauren is incredibly passionate about this topic, and she was so excited to chat about it. So I can't wait for you all to hear it and learn just some of the options and resources that are available out there for those experiencing pain with sex. This episode's a good one, so let's get right into it. Here we go. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm super excited to have you on, Lauren, to talk about everything painful sex, all the things that could be contributing to it. I think it's going to be a really great conversation. So thank you for being on. Well, thank you for letting me chat about my favorite thing. Perfect. Well, I think a great place to start would be just you telling us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are with your practice in D.C. So I am Lauren Troche. I am a physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist. I also treat 
kind of your more traditional orthopedic sort of diagnoses as well, or at least these days, the ones that are kind of more associated with pelvic health problems like low back pain, hip pain, and that sort of thing. But I started out in orthopedics and really specialized in orthopedics. Where I was working previously, our pelvic health therapist, she had started her own practice, and I'd always been kind of curious and wanting to get into that world. So when she left, I was able to kind of sort of dive in and get my training. And I've been in love with it ever since. I really enjoy treating and helping those people who have pain or difficulties with intimacy and or intercourse. That kind of is where my heart is in the pelvic floor world. I practice in DC at a private practice called Body Wellness Physical Therapy. And then I also help to run our outpatient pelvic floor program in Northern Virginia. As a fellow DCer, I don't know if that's the right term. I am just missing DC so much. Seeing your Instagram stories, running around DC, I'm like, ah, oh, city life. I want to dive right into a little bit more about your favorite topic. But why would you say it's your favorite topic? Um, you know, that is a really good question. I think being able to work with people who have pain with intimacy, it's a very private sort of thing that people might have some embarrassment with, difficulty talking about. Maybe it's something that they didn't feel like they could even get help with or didn't know that was a problem. And maybe it's something that they've been dealing with or thought that was normal. But I think it's just really rewarding to be able to help people who are having pain with intimacy because it really can have a positive impact in their lives and in their relationships. And I find that to be pretty rewarding. I think that also outlines just the level of trust that you develop with your patients to be able to help them with something so intimate. Yeah, it is really nice. Occasionally, obviously, you know, for some people having the goal of being able to get pregnant, that sort of stuff, when you do get like a picture of like their newborn baby, because they were finally, you know, able to have intercourse just warms your heart. (laughs) Like the best feeling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's get into a little bit about pain with sex, because I think this is a topic that a lot of people don't know about. And even in the clinical world, I think that there's always more information to be had. So if you had to kind of break down pain with sex into different categories or what might be some of the root causes behind painful sex that you see in your clinic, what would those categories look like? If you've never had, you know, painful intercourse before and things are seeming different, maybe you're having a, you know, a change in discharge or anything like that, things are smelling different, you've got to rule out any type of infection, because infection, of course, I think we all know this can make intercourse uncomfortable. So I think first and foremost, just kind of clearing that out of the way, you know, that's not what we're seeing most often in physical therapy, because sometimes I think if somebody is having painful intercourse, due to infection, they'll go to their GYN. And if they can kind of clear that up, or maybe they'll go to a urologist or or urogynecologist. And hopefully, if there is an infection after that is cleared up, they can return to intercourse comfortably. Sometimes we will see people who've maybe had unfortunately, a urinary tract infection, they get an antibiotic, they get yeast infection, they get BV, all this type of stuff. And sometimes 
they can clear out the infection and actually, you know, you're not testing positive at all for infection, but for some reason, you know, it might still feel like you're having an infection and that can lead to some pain with intercourse. And if there isn't anything medical going on, sometimes that can be due to maybe sensitivity of the nerves that are around that vaginal area, or sometimes it can be due to overprotective pelvic floor muscles that might be kind of a little bit overactive or kind of tensing up as a means of protecting you from potential threat. And that can become uncomfortable and feeling like an infection and make, you know, lead to some pain with intercourse that was maybe the initiator of it was an infection, but an infection is actually not the case. So we'll see that with painful intercourse things that we might see in our orthopedic physical therapy, where somebody maybe has an acute onset of low back pain to like, you know, due to a strain or some type of inflammatory events. And even after that is kind of cleared on up, they might continue to have back pain due to kind of overprotective muscles or, you know, sensitivity of their nervous system. That kind of is the category of infection, whether it's due to an actual infection or just the aftermath of it. We'll also see people who have painful intercourse who've never had infection at all. Maybe they're having some pain with, let's say, deeper penetration. This might be due to another medical issue, potentially something like endometriosis. Or Mm -hmm. maybe we're seeing somebody who has, you know, kind of the tightening of their pelvic floor muscles or overactivity of the pelvic floor muscles or pelvic floor muscles that just kind of tense on up and create a painful block to penetration, something that we call vaginismus. So vaginismus is when those pelvic floor muscles are trying to protect you from a potential threatening event as your body is interpreting penetration as something that's threatening, a more muscular contributor to intercourse. One thing that I actually see pretty common that sometimes is even missed by a slew of other providers is pain at the very entrance of the vagina, which sometimes can be due to pain due to muscles that are at the entrance of the vagina. So if you were to kind of put a finger and put it right at the entrance of the vagina, kind of beyond the labia majora or the hair bearing labia, that entrance is known as the vestibule. So sometimes the vestibule can be quite sensitive to any type of pressure, or it might be just sensitive in general, and we call that vestibulodynia. Sensitivities of the nerves at the entrance of the vagina, maybe hormonal changes, maybe due to some overactivity. So there's many, many other causes of pain with penetration, maybe even if you're having some hormonal changes and there's some vaginal dryness, which can lead to friction. You just described everything so well, especially because some of those terms are terms that people might hear from a doctor, but not necessarily get the full breakdown. I want to ask you, going back to infections, I want to ask you this because I know it is a question that pops up for a lot of people. Having recurrent infections or having recurrent, let's say, UTIs, can addressing the pelvic floor help with that? You know, I think this is kind of like a hot, controversial topic. Yeah. Um, I'm not that 100% expert on infection. Uh, I think they've done some studies, give these, you know, probably poor little rats, multiple yeast infections (laughs) or that kind of stuff. And when they do kind of give them recurrent 
infections, it does make their vestibule or the entrance of the vagina. I know that I've seen people before in the clinic, um, so this is obviously just one person, so very anecdotal, who may have a history of infections. Um, and we do pelvic floor physical therapy. We make intercourse a little bit more comfortable. We talk a lot about lubrications. We try to make the tissues healthier, make sure they're being sent to the right physician if they are having, you know, any kind of tearing or irritation at the entrance of the vagina, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. I know when it comes to bladder pain, people who kind of feel like they're getting infections, but then they go to get tests and they actually do not have any infections. Right. Uh, oftentimes they will get sent to physical therapy. They do really well with the decrease in the infection-like symptoms. You know, you feel that or urinary urgency or frequency or pain with intercourse. Really addressing the discomfort and the symptoms. That's where we can really play a role. Mm -hmm. I think we have this broad understanding now of just painful sex is not as simple as pain with sex. So when you have someone come into the clinic who is talking about this, how do you determine which, let's say, category this patient would fall into? I think we as physical therapists, we have the luxury of time and we're able to really listen to our patients. So I know when they're telling me their story in the beginning, I'll kind of look for different things and I'll ask them how they're feeling. And some people are kind of like, it just hurts and I'm not sure why or where. And that's totally fine. I say, don't stress about that. Oftentimes when you've had pain for quite some time, it can be really hard to identify exactly where the pain is. But if they're telling me stuff that it's, you know, pain with kind of initial penetration and it feels like a burning or I feel like I'm going to tear, something like that, my mind immediately goes to like, hmm, I wonder if that entrance of the vagina or the vestibule is involved. Or if they're telling me, no, I don't really feel any burning. I just feel like kind of a painful block. I'm already sort of suspicious. Okay, maybe it's these pelvic floor muscles that are having that protective response. I'm kind of more thinking the vaginismus or the contribution of the pelvic floor muscles to that painful intercourse. Or if they're saying something like, I have a lot of pain with deeper penetration and I'm having some bowel issues and maybe I'm having painful periods or I used to have pain with just my periods and now I'm having pain all the time, that sort of thing. I'm maybe thinking more, okay, potentially this person might have endometriosis. We'll probably do a screen of things orthopedically first, kind of looking at their back, their abdominal wall, their hips whatever we think might be contributing to the symptoms that they're having. You know, sometimes they'll say, oh, I was fine until, you know, I started getting hip pain and then started to have painful intercourse. So that might lead me to do a more thorough evaluation of other parts of the body. But if the person does feel comfortable, first and foremost, we'll kind of observe the tissues of the vulva, which the vulva is the external genitalia. And we'll see how everything is looking, you know, do certain tissues look red or does everything kind of look healthy and happy? So we'll do an observation, I'll check out how the muscles are functioning, you know, ask people, can you contract your pelvic floor muscles? We might give them some cues. Can you relax them and can you stretch them by, you know, pretending as if you're releasing gas or having a bowel movement, which that'll also give us an idea of, you know, are the muscles maybe not functioning as optimally as we'd like? Is that, you know, the reason they're having symptoms? And then if people feel comfortable, we can 
touch the tissues at the entrance of the vaginas to see how it feels, whether the vestibule is irritated. And if they do feel comfortable, we can put a finger internally into the vagina to see if there is anything going on with those pelvic floor muscles. Is there any discomfort there or overactivity, or maybe we sense a little bit of dryness or irritation of the actual vaginal walls that might be contributing to symptoms. So that mix of hearing the patient's story and doing whatever type of exam that the person feels comfortable with will kind of help to lead us to the factors that we think are most contributing to pain with intercourse. Flight is more than just a product. It's a service. Are you ready to learn more about whether flight is the right choice for your lifestyle and your pelvic floor? Or do you just have questions about your pelvic health in general? If so, go to www.flighttherapy.com and schedule a free chat with Leah Fulker, a pelvic floor physical therapist today. Back to the show. What I like about that so much is that you talked about how you would listen to your patient's story. And just from that subjective history, just hearing their story, you would already have the hypothesis. It takes me back to I remember one of my mentors was like, just from listening to your patient, you should have a top three hypotheses. That in itself should hopefully encourage more people when they feel comfortable, be able to talk about these things because just from listening to that, you are able to really kind of dissect, hey, what could be the potential problems here that we can then tackle together? That's really powerful. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, it can be really uncomfortable to talk about these sorts of topics. So sometimes it takes some time to get comfortable and to be able to talk about it. And that's fine. Like we said, we do have the luxury of time and we can kind of take the time for people to get comfortable with not only the physical part of things, but also talking about things. Because if If, let's say if someone is not ready to see a pelvic PT or to talk about their pain associated with intimacy, what guidance would you give someone who would like to begin working towards more pleasurable intercourse? They're just not ready to tackle that in person with someone yet. And that's totally fair. We'll have people who come in and maybe they'll bring in a prescription and you're like, well, this is from two years ago. And they're like, no, I just wasn't ready. And that's totally fine. There are so many things that you can do. Even this podcast, I think there's more and more information out there about painful intercourse and sort of strategies to I'm just coming fresh out from a conference this past weekend by the International Pelvic Pain Society, who has a lot of good information out there and patient resources for all different types of pelvic pain issues, including painful intercourse. There's also another society out there called Ishwish, which provides a lot of good information out there about painful intercourse. Of course, there's so many people out there on social media, there's also some, you know, companies out there like yours who are putting out good information, or maybe companies out there like Intimate Rose who have Mm -hmm. uh, sell different products. And with them, you know, they have instructions on how to use them on yourself. You can also place your hands on your own vulva. If you're not ready to put a finger internally to see how things are, you can even put your finger on an area called the perineal body, which is this little 
tissue that's between the entrance of the vagina and the anus and put a little bit of pressure there. And if you try to, you know, squeeze your pelvic floor muscles, you know, pretend as if you're stopping gas, feel those muscles tighten, let go, feel those muscles release. And you can try to stretch those muscles by acting as if you're releasing gas, all those types of things, just to get a little bit more familiar with the area. There's a ton of resources out there on how to kind of give a gentle stretch to your pelvic floor. There's yoga for the pelvic floor in which they can put you in different postures to get, give a stretch on the pelvic floor. There's even some research out there that doing some mindfulness training that can kind of help to calm tissues down. And you can either start with stretching, you can start with getting more familiar with your pelvic floor, you can start with, with mindfulness-based theories. There's just a lot of options out there, and there's not one right way to do it. As society has kind of taught us to not necessarily interact with that area in other ways, it can be nerve wracking. And so I always say like, that's completely and absolutely fine to feel nervous about it. Getting comfortable with your body in whatever way that feels right to you. Exactly. And I know if there is another person involved, we see a lot of people who just kind of grit and bear it because maybe they feel like they owe it to their partner to have intercourse and there might be varying levels of discomfort. If you can communicate with your partner and, you know, I think both people are kind of responsible in making sure that both people are comfortable. I think a lot of people can feel like something's wrong with me and this is all on my shoulders to figure out, but making sure that if you are with a partner, that there is some type of communication and you're not like, well, this is my fault, deal with it. And then, you know, maybe I'll deal with this in the future. What are some changes that someone could make in the bedroom, perhaps if they have a partner, to decrease any incidence of pain? Usually the kind of gold standard for this type of treatment is multidisciplinary care, potentially between a physician, a therapist, and a pelvic floor physical therapist. But it seems like for any type of sex, whatever that is to you, that communication is really, really key. Kind of communicating what you want and what you don't want, what's comfortable and what's not comfortable. There's so many other ways to have intimacy uh, without penetrative vaginal intercourse. Oftentimes, once people have seen us or seen a therapist, in some instances, we'll say, hey, maybe let's take intercourse off the table. But there's a different other ways to work on your intimacy, which can be really helpful. Everybody is also different with regard to their symptoms. So for maybe some people, uh, penetration with something larger is uncomfortable, but maybe they feel okay with having something smaller internal, like a vibrator or a finger or something like that. But all of those things can be really helpful. Yeah, and there's some really fantastic products out there. I know Onut is great, which helps decrease the depth of penetration in a, it's really uplifting to see those companies. Sex therapists, I just want to say, are incredible. Um, I just <laughs> am constantly impressed by them. I just remember I had a patient when you were talking about, you know, other ways of intimacy reminded me of this. She had had pain with intimacy for quite a bit of time. She was in a heterosexual relationship with her partner and they went to go see a sex therapist. The therapist just had them stop 
all physical intimacy and just like every night just look into each other's eyes for a period of time and then from there they would just it would just be about building intimacy in other ways that is so involved in our sexual arousal and desire and so i think they're just fantastic yeah i love your comment about the oh not since the beginning of our conversation i completely forgot about pain with deeper penetration i see so much pain with those superficial tissues Right. Uh, that all I'm thinking about is kind of warming up those tissues and outer course and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. For those people who have discomfort with deeper penetration, that can be super helpful. And yeah, the sex therapist, you know, or any type of therapist can really, really be so, so helpful. Another resource that is kind of like my favorite thing ever um, is Emily Nagatsky's book, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm losing the title right come now. Come as you are. Yes, come as you are. I was like, are. I'm obsessed I with this think... book, so I knew where you were going. <laughs> exactly. All the stuff that we should have learned in sex education but never did. I think there's so much to learn out there and so many ways to grow, even if you weren't having painful intercourse. All right. So let's go into our case study. What are some of the key basic things we should know about who you've picked for your case study? Okay. Well, I've kind of thought about a person who is coming in for painful penetration after vaginal delivery. That's not to say that you can't have pain with penetration after a cesarean section. Six months postpartum, they're currently breastfeeding. This is maybe their first child and they're super stressed and they're a bit sleep deprived. They have attempted to have intercourse, but it was just super painful. So they're really not interested, but they're feeling pretty guilty about that. Maybe they're not feeling the best about their body um, in this postpartum time. And let's say they had a grade two or three tear during their vaginal delivery. What out of that really stands out to you that you would want to address first and foremost? So since they are currently breastfeeding, I'm thinking that they have an increased risk or pain at the vestibule or the entrance of the vagina because it is particularly hormonally sensitive. And when you are breastfeeding, it does create hormonal changes like, you know, for example, low estrogen that can make the entrance of the vagina very sensitive. It can lead to some vaginal dryness. Also, given that they had some tearing, I'm suspectful of some pain of those superficial muscles as well. And that this person, six months out, the incision is probably healed at this point. Maybe we might do, do a little bit of soft tissue work at where their incision is. So those are the things that I'm thinking initially. Also, you know, their arousal is not that high. So maybe they're not interested in intercourse, which is totally fine and is also completely normal. They're also sleep deprived and stressed. So I know that throughout this session, I'm going to emphasize that that is completely normal, six months, 12 months. And I think that's something that we don't talk about. People think that they're the only ones who aren't really feeling that into it. But there's so many reasons, whether it's the way you feel about your own body, what's going on hormonally, that could be contributing to that decreased arousal. So and maybe teaching them how to do a little bit of internal work on that place where they have the tear if the tissues seem like they're up for it. But if I look at the tissues, they seem really red and irritated. I might send them back to the physician. And very often the physicians in this area 
might prescribe a vaginal estrogen, so something that they can just put onto the tissues to make them a little bit healthier and happier. And that's going to give us a better opportunity to kind of check out those deeper muscles of the pelvic floor. It's always nice to be able to assess those muscles and see maybe because of the pain, had these muscles become a little bit overactive and protective? Are they weak? Like what's going on with them? How would you expect this patient to progress? That's always such a good question. And I think it can be, especially for postpartum people, it can be very variable. With my postpartum people, there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's a lot of other stressors. A lot of your attention might be devoted to the baby. And if you're breastfeeding, that takes up a lot of time. And maybe you don't want another person on your body. Um, So I think it's very variable in an ideal situation where they're getting the right medical treatment, where everything is healing well. It might take, you know, a couple weeks or months for things to kind of improve. But we would hope that as we work together, I always tell people within those first four to six visits, I would hope to start seeing some changes in a positive direction. Like postpartum is life. And It's never too late. And I think what you're saying just really highlights we want to work with our patients to find what works for them. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, it has been a pleasure talking with you. I love that you threw out all those resources for anyone who wants to look them up. If you don't mind just telling us a little bit about how people can find you, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to come see you at your practice, or just tune into the information that you're putting out there in the world. I know you have a great social media account. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So yes, you are right. I think where I'm most active right now is my social media. Um, So I think that is, I'm even having a blank right now. I think it's Lauren Troche PT. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's it. (laughs) um, Or DPT, so it's Lauren Church PT. So if you go there, that's where you're going to find most of my education, which is, I think, what people kind of want the most. And I think on my Instagram as well, you can get a really easy link to my website to contact me. And my email, if you want to reach out to me, and if you're interested in setting up appointments, is lauren at laurentroche.com. It's all pretty easy. I feel like a narcissist. It's all my name. No, no, no. (laughs) It's good. We know exactly who we're getting. (laughs) But that's the the best way to find me. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Lauren. And can't wait for everyone to hear this episode. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything that you're doing for this wonderful community. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Pelvic Floor at its core. Quick disclaimer for you, Flight by Pelvidol is approved for pelvic floor strengthening and SUI only. All information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace medical advice. Always seek out a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have about a medical condition. And if you have a question about flight and its indications for use, please see our website at flighttherapy.com. And that's it. See you next time on the next episode of Pelvic Floor at its Core.